Hello and welcome to the Soccer Speakeasy. Today is Jacob, what's today's date? Today is the 28th, Thursday. Trick or treat. Trick or treat. That's Jacob Myers, our fine Columbus crew beat writer. And chiming in as well is the striker, Kyle Robertson. The finest photographer in this room, and there's no question about that. What about dresser? Did you say photographers are good dressers? Well, in their own casual way, like kind of, it goes from like um, Eddie Bauer to J. Crew. That's the range of photographer where, or maybe a little thrift Eddie Bauer all the way up to like J. Crew. Have you ever been to the outlet out on the West Side? Oh, it's outstanding. So anyway, I'm Mike A-Race. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we got we have some ground to cover here. Basically, all the ground that was needed uh, for the crew to fall too far out of the playoff race to actually qualify. In all likelihood, we always asterisk that. We've been kicking that around for weeks now. Like, can they make it? And we've always been dubious. At times, there were glimmers. And uh, I wrote about it earlier this week. Jacob, I thought there was a glimmer in that Miami game when they played so well. Um, and we talked about that in, uh, in the last program we recorded here. And of course, here being in the studio again with uh, Patrick Flaherty, the pod father. And is he awake over there? Yeah, he's there. He's there awake. is a pulse. He's here and awake. But anyway, that Miami game. Who was it? It was the it was a Miami, I think a wing back who uh, Vito Warmhor just gave him the ball and said, here, have a breakaway. And then the guy tripped over the ball in, in the box. And you're going like, geez, is that the first piece of like fortune, good fortune this team's had this year? And this, of course, they go on to romp four to nothing. They, they look terrific. Like things make sense again. This is what was their vision heading into this season to defend their title. And then they go on the road, Jacob, and uh, they probably left two points in Nashville. Yeah, I, they played overall pretty well that game. I mean, against a team like Nashville, who doesn't allow many goals, I, I don't expect you to get more than maybe a a few chances and they played well defensively enough to get the first goal in the 75th minute there a really good goal from Lucas and then two minutes later the crew as we've seen many times this year just don't respond in the right way and get stunned for a a quick goal and and there go a crucial two points and and uh, the sky's darkening uh, all the more uh, but overall a draw was still positive right you're like okay there was stuff here to set up the red bulls games which just was to put it bluntly a disaster so kyle that leads into the next game and they come back home on three days rest and they play the new york red bulls at the lower.com stadium can i call it the new crew stadium LDC, yeah, I LDC. believe is i'm just gonna call oh, it what do your kids call it they're hip new crew stadium yeah, yeah. yeah they it's the historic crew ncs stadium. it's the non-historic crew stadium um, they come back to non-historic crew stadium, Kyle, and essentially lay an egg. Yeah. I mean, this is the Red Bulls. Uh, this yeah. is the, yeah. the game against well, I the, mean, the New York Red Bulls to which I refer. But I mean, you, you, you start the game without Zardes. I mean, that's big news of, of, of him getting kind of dinged up with the MCL, right? MCL. Was it strain or an MCL sprain? Yeah. Likely to hold him out for the rest of the season. Uh, Miguel Perry hasn't exactly held him back. Kyle. No, it's the wingers and, and the minus of Artur, right? So we came to the conclusion. <laughs> I'd say just the wingers because Liam Frazier, Marlon Harrison have yeah. filled in well, but yeah, this I, overall just, they looked completely tired and unable to dig deep enough in the biggest game. Uh, of the year, Red Bulls was what two points or, or a full three points ahead of them, right? I believe, yeah. And, and they or no, two points ahead of them. They had a chance to get into that final playoff spot or be tied in points, and 
the and whole second down half, they just yeah. did not they're, create at they're all. They're at home, and it, yeah. the atmosphere is great, and they came out flat and and, uh, and got beat with an early goal, which has happened many times at, at the stadium. And uh, the darkness uh, sends another notch, if you will, poorly put, but uh, everything looks darker because it is after that game. Um, and then last night, we should talk about the freshest game, last night being a, a Wednesday night. Um, once again, they looked really good. Um, uh, they looked as good as they did in the Miami game, uh, in my opinion. It was a 3-2 to two victory over Orlando. A good team, difficult to handle, uh, very physical, and um, the crew toyed with them most of the night. And uh, Lucas Zellerion, the, the, the game he had... Uh, my God, that one goal from what was that, like 30, 33 yards or something with the right foot, the, the reverse banana into the top top left corner. Wow. Hall of Fame quality two-seam yeah. fastball. Wow. It was uh, And then he... Best just, goal, right? Best just, goal in the new stadium? Just Oh, yeah. I would say so. Definitely. And right before that, he I don't know how he got that free kick over the wall oh. and under the bar. You know, it was... Uh, and then it was it was the corner after that, right? I think that the ball came in short and uh, I'm no. mixing up. Yeah, anyway, yeah. it was right after that <laughs> yeah, free right, kick. Yeah. It was right after that free kick that he scored at the Galazzo. And uh, uh, the place was lively again, albeit not filled. Um and, and you wonder what could have been if they had more games like this this season, Jacob. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, I've written a ton about Lucas and just kind of dissecting his play this year and trying to be fair while, while also critical because we all acknowledge he'll have games like that. I mean, the game at Cincy uh, at New York earlier this year where he had the two free kick goals, he's won a lot of games for this team. Last night was certainly another type of performance you expected of what many people pegged as an MVP candidate at the start of the year. It hasn't turned out that way through this year, but you, you see the brilliance he has at times and it was good to see and a big spot for him to do that. Well, I think he, he toys between being a goal scorer and a playmaker. And I think that's hard for, for most players. Uh, you know, it's like a, you know, basketball term, like a James Harden, he can get buckets, but also if the team wants to win, he needs to, pass and, and get the assists up so I mean I think he's he's in a tough spot because he doesn't have any other help you know of distributing the ball I mean Nagby's not your quote-unquote playmaker and the wings haven't been doing much of anything all year so well, he, has to, score, he has to score goals and 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 set people up that would be an attacking midfielder Kyle would it not I would say two things yeah. one is one is yeah. when the wings have been good um and yeah. in, posi- in their playing the proper positions when he has like uh, last night in Miami. Yeah, yeah. Santos. And when you have a game like that from ATN, uh, who was terrific, was last night, um, you know, Zella Ryan comes, comes right out to the floor. Uh, that's when you, you see him. Otherwise, as you were saying, um, uh, before we came on the air here, Kyle, uh, uh, he's, he's, he's targeted and he's, this is not a big frame. It's, it's quite remarkable how he battles through these games and, and plays the minutes he does given his frame. Yeah. I mean, it's true. I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, I just, I don't know what else you want. I mean, he, you're, you're right on that, Mike, is he needs, he needs help from, yeah. from other players and he does a real good job of getting into tight spaces. And I think we talked about this before, but it's worth repeating when you're not winning right. games and you're not getting a ton of help around you, not just Lucas, but the attacking midfielder is kind of amplified in this. Mm-hmm. You tend to want to do a little more things individually. Right. right. And we, we know the crew has strikers who need service yep. and they do better there instead of being able to create centrally and all that. So 
I, I don't fault Lucas for the things right. he's he's trying. He just right. hasn't been as successful individually right. at times. But when he's getting help from outside backs, is a big part right. of this. Harrison Awful is not the Harrison Awful yeah. of old, and Milton Valenzuela has mostly yeah. been out this year. But the, once those guys have joined in, Steven Marrera has right. been very effective on the right. And when the wingers help out, yeah. you get performances like that from Lucas. But when you have the one-two punch of the wingers going down and feeding balls into Zardes um, and uh, Barry... Lucas can do his thing on, on the flip side. So you're not, you know, but when the wingers aren't driving in the balls into space in a consistent rate, then I think it's more put on Lucas to create and, you know, and then he gets kind of what we saw earlier this year, trying to do a little bit too much and not hitting that first ball. I can't, I think it was at Chicago to Santos to kind of, you know, he tried to do it a little spinorama and, right, you know, yeah. and, and not know get the play kind of going. But I mean, I think it's a hard balance of, of, of going back and forth. Well, another mark of inconsistency is Santos was great in that Miami game right. on the right side, kind of stagnated, wasn't as good in the next couple games. Then they flipped him, Etienne, on the right, right and he was much better uh, with Etienne on the right. So it's just they haven't gotten consistency from the, from the wingers, right. r- regardless of kind of where they play. Well, another thing you can say, too, is uh, Miguel Perry, who just all he does is mm. score. I mean, wh- wh- how many Best story of the season easily, uh, how many goals and how many shots, seven goals and, and 15 mm. shots. The, and, and he scores right off the hop last night. And you go like, wow, just all he does is score. That takes the pressure off yeah. everyone there. You could see him just playing with joy from there on, you know, uh, uh, especially Zella Ryan. Um, yeah, they uh, have a nice little, little thing going between the two of them. You can tell it's genuine. I just think Barry knows how to get in the hard yeah. spots and, and finish. It seems it seems yeah. to be the case. <laughs> now, uh, prior to last night's game, the the coach of the team, who is still out uh, with COVID, correct? Uh, would you update us on that, Jacob? Yeah. So he missed. He, he tested positive. This would be Caleb Porter. Caleb Porter tested positive. This was after we last recorded a podcast. What uh, was ruled out when he tested positive on Tuesday, the day before the Nashville game. Um, it came from one of his family members, a kid who is not able to get vaccinated because of the age requirements at the time um, for who had been approved for the vaccine. So he tested three separate times before they were set to depart for Nashville within within hours, tested positive each time, wasn't able to travel, had symptoms, said it was the uh, sickest he's ever been. He is vaccinated. And then he missed the Red Bulls game, missed last night against Orlando, but his symptoms have subsided. And given when he tested positive last Tuesday and kind of the 10-day frame, 14 at the worst, it's possible that he could return Saturday at D.C. Okay. And, and he's been doing stuff from, from afar. And, and well, I was gonna, you know, they set the lineup and, and go through training and all that. He's just not able to be there physically. And, and he did, in a, in a sense, call out the players prior to last night's game. True. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he wanted to make it clear that while he believes in the team and the players, what he saw in terms of a mentality and just the overall fight of the team against Red Bulls was unacceptable. Uh, He said, especially given all that was at stake and and the playoff implications of that game. And he challenged them to say in these last three games, he wanted them to show the, the supporters their true faces, he said, and going into the off season and the decisions he might have to make with the roster. He wants to see who he can rely on for next season. Oh, he's about two months too late though. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, let's, let's talk about, it. is there anything else team? What, what, what's up with injuries and, and, uh, 
uh, obviously looking ahead here um, on 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 Saturday, uh, the crew is at DC United. DC is currently holding down the seventh and final playoff spot. Um, <laughs> well, I guess we have to use that phrase must win again. Um, uh, that's another must win game. Um, and, uh, DC awful tough at home. Um, uh, they, they're coming off a, a win at home last night over the Red Bulls. And that was the first loss that the Red Bulls have suffered. Um, eight games, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they were on a, they were on a bit of a heater there and, uh, they were, they were cooled in DC last night. I think that game was in DC. Um, uh, and at the same time, New York city, uh, beat Chicago and, uh, Atlanta, uh, beat Miami and uh, Atlanta's gone. I think um, they're firmly in. Yeah. yeah, they're they're in sixth place with a, a game in hand on 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 the crew, and they're 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 not gettable. So I think I think you're looking at the top six are set, um, and maybe the top seven. Although uh, you know DC, uh, the Red Bulls still might have something to say about that in eighth place, and Montreal as well. Um, Columbus may not have enough points left to catch anyone. Um, uh, um, matter of fact, they probably don't, um, uh, especially given that, uh, you know, they've played 32, they got two left and, uh, both Montreal and the New York Red Bulls just ahead of them have, uh, have three games remaining. Um, right. And the Red Bulls have two home games. So an extra game there is a home games. They still play Nashville and Atlanta. So tough opponents, Montreal hosts Houston, one of the worst teams in the league. So that's, I, I think based yeah. off of the result last night against Orlando, really nothing has changed. Even if it looks like the crew are within striking distance when you're looking at the standings. Well, we'll just break it down. And, and Montreal, um, through 31 games has, uh, uh, 43 points. They're in ninth place. Uh, the crew has uh, 41 points uh, through 32 games. So crew with 41 and 10th, Montreal with 43 in, in ninth place. And uh, Montreal has... Red uh, Bulls are right there they're, with them, but have the tiebreaker and wins. Well, right. they have, they're have. they at New York Red Bulls um, uh, on Saturday. Uh, then the Wednesday, uh, on the 3rd of November, uh, they're home... Uh, against against Houston, which um, lost to Austin last week, so um, uh, and uh, they finished the season the on decision day the uh, the seventh of November home against Orlando. Um, uh, not what, what you absolutely yeah. have to have is Red Bulls in Montreal draw on Saturday and the crew wins at DC. Other than that, it, it may as yeah. well be a zero percent chance. Red Bulls um, are in eighth place. And they have 43 points, as does Montreal, and they're holding the tiebreaker. So uh, these are Montreal and New York are the two teams, uh, the, being the Red Bulls, are, are two teams just ahead of, of, of Columbus. And, and uh, they have two more points at this point. And, and the Red Bulls, um, uh, they just came off a, a streak-breaking loss. They're home against Montreal on Saturday, uh, home against Atlanta on the third. And on the seventh decision day, they're at Nashville. No, I think I think we laid it out when you, when you're talking about Atlanta at 46 points, the most the crew can get is 47. So Atlanta theoretically just needs you know, one one yeah. more point, really two to officially be the ahead crew of the crew hold for a, good. Do the crew hold any tiebreakers over any of the teams they're chasing? If they get to they need to win both. So yeah. they would be at the first tiebreaker is the amount of wins you right. have. They would be at 13 wins. 
DC is currently at 13 wins with two games left. And then you get into goal right. differential. Montreal is tied with the crew and wins at 11. New York Red Bulls is one ahead with 12. It, I mean, they, the crew need to win out, so they have yeah. to get the 13 wins and then they're going to need teams to lose. So I, I think the tiebreaker is going to be right there. But if you look at New York and, and Montreal, there are three games left, and all they need yeah. from those is, is five points, which yeah. uh, at, at the pace they've been at uh, should be pretty obtainable. And, and neither of them are, have a playoff spot right now. D- DC has the seventh and final playoff spot. Uh, they're uh, obviously home against the crew um, on Saturday, and, and then uh, they got a week off, as does the crew. Uh, and then on the seventh on decision day, they're at Toronto. Um, which has uh, I don't know eight or nine wins on the season. So uh, not good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's very dark out there. It's very dark out there, um, and it's too bad. It looks like Kyle that uh, it looks like the injuries took their toll, and also their inability to cope with the injuries. They're supposed to be able to deal with them this year. Um, they added depth heading into this season with an eye on defending their MLS Cup title. Um, there was a a lot of high hopes. Yeah. That uh, crashed down with that uh, six-game losing streak at midsummer. Well, and we've also talked about it numerous times on here. The amount of points they've lost early on in the season, um, with uh, with the tie at at Austin, and then also Cincinnati. I mean, those are your two bottom dwellers uh, in the league. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you got the injuries, but I mean, I think the hard part is you see games like last night and at Miami, and you can see the potential in this team and what it can do. You know, and what Porter's never made the playoffs after making the playoffs. Yeah, that's right. been tossed <laughs> so, around and we you know, talked about but that. But I mean, it's, it's just, I think, you know, it's going to be but very frustrating, you know, because I, I, I think we all really, really thought they had a chance to kind of run it back. They had the, you know, the deepest team they've ever had. They had all the pieces and it just, for whatever reason, you know, with injuries, uh, with early on in the season, not getting, you know, some, some wins or, you know, or some early I mean, you can go on and on and on, but I mean, the talent's there. I just think they they need more play. They, they need more assists and goals from the winner spot because I think everything, the way Zardes plays, you need you need to have attacking wingers that get the ball in into space and into him just to kind of set things up. And I think that's really been lacking all year. I think Artur is someone we don't yeah. mention enough, um, and and his playing in combination with Nagby in the middle, right. And uh, I think that's that's really hurt. That's kind of removed right. the core but, right there. But we said Fra- Frazier and uh, Harrison has have played well. I think they have. They're they're them. different profiles. Right. I, I think the the depth at that position right. has been fine. To me, it's just been your your starting group of last year, which was just enough to win MLS Cup, and as we said, get a little fortunate to get all the home games they had because they couldn't right. get a result on the road to save their lives. They the production just has not yeah. been up to the level of last year. And Porter was saying before the season, when you win, you need to, you tend to lose five to 10% hunger. That's yeah. definitely a coach thing, but they, you need to yeah. find that extra level. And, and they hadn't this year. Yeah. One thing that's bothersome to me, and maybe this is just uh, my own bias, but uh, uh, it, it bothered me. And I've, I've, I've mentioned it in columns um, uh, over the last couple months that, uh, you know, you had major players who were sitting out games in quarantine just because they didn't get their shots. 
you know, or they didn't get their second shot yet, or they waited too long to get their first shot, or they refused to get their shots. I think that has a deleterious effect. Uh, you want to look that word up uh, there, Patrick? Is that? <laughs> I think that that's you can throw that into the brew as well as as uh, as, as being a nagging problem, and they haven't had the fortitude to overcome all these nagging problems that 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 were thrown into this bitter well, stew. If you even look at the people they've brought in, I mean, all the free, the two free agents that they signed and then Matan bringing in, I mean, all three of them haven't really contributed Correct. To, to much. I mean, I know Molino got hurt, you know. Uh, that was a big yeah. one because that was, when <laughs> yeah. he signed, I was like, wow, that's... Yeah. I mean, you got... Kyle, and Kyle was like, well, if he can stay healthy, uh, um, and and he hasn't. Uh, so there was yeah. a, a lot of things. We'll break all this down. Well, and then Aiden Morrison at the begin, very beginning of the year, too. I mean, there's your... Yeah, yeah, which which I know. I ran into him in the in the press box the other day, and he said he's he's getting close to hopefully by the end of the year, kind of full training with the team. That means by no means is he going to come back, but it seems like the progress on his comeback from the ACL is, is moving really well, and he seemed in good spirits. I I, I don't think they were th- these are these are problems that a lot of teams have. Maybe they had more. Maybe he had some ill luck as well, which is why uh, uh, I think crew fans have groped for uh, minor flashes of good fortune. Uh, throughout the season, but you know, for all of that, uh, they haven't been tough enough to deal with it like some other teams have, have dealt with their problems. That that's, that to me is a is is a major factor. The the mentality issue, especially on the road, they, that's something they they need to figure out in the off season. And just to kind of yeah. recap what we've said about injuries and stuff like that, um, Porter actually kind of called that out. And and when he challenged the team, he said players at times he thought quote have succumbed to those excuses meaning they've blamed he and some players have blamed lackluster performances this season on injuries and people missing international call-ups um to, he, he placed it on the players so you can have that argument of, of who has brought up the injuries and in, in international call-ups as an excuse more uh but certainly i, I think we've seen people have not players have not stepped up when they've had those things, which but, they got mostly last but if year. You're going to be a good team. You're going to have those international call-ups. Well, just the way that league is. We'll break this down more and we'll even take a look at the, the general manager and his part in all of this uh, in our season wrap in a couple of weeks. One thing we should mention is the uh, rumors of Pat Onstead going to Houston Dynamo as, as the GM. It hasn't been announced. Stu Holden from Fox Sports, Houston Dynamo legend played with Pat Onstead, broke the news. Um, and so I assume that this is going to come to fruition and some at some point soon i would be shocked if it didn't um so, uh, and, and when asked kind of uh just in general about pet onstead uh, porter said he wished him all the best so uh, it seems like that's going to yeah. happen well good for pat onstead you know uh he's a he's a quality <laughs> he's a good dude man um so crew finishing up uh, at DC United on Saturday, a week off, and then they're home against Chicago, um, uh, which should be winnable. <laughs> but it's Chicago, and the old fans will be there. Uh, uh, you know, among the more hated and oldest rivals that that, that the franchise has. Uh, we should mention before we sign off: Is there any other crew stuff you guys want to get to before we tip our cap uh, ever so uh, hesitatingly to Bruce Arena? Go go ahead. I know well, you're always yeah. dying to talk about him. Well, no. I, <laughs> uh, well, you know, the, the guy's had a remarkable career, uh, and he just tied beloved Ziggy Schmidt for most wins uh, in, in a career wins in MLS with 240. 
Um, uh, he's obviously going to pass them. They have two weeks off, I think, before they finish their season. And uh, they, last night, set a record for most points in the season. So uh, uh, it's got to help. Maybe, arguably, it's funny, Kyle. Um, remember that strong Toronto team that beat the Save the Crew team in the Eastern Conference yeah. semifinals? And then Michael Bradley said all the fans here sucked and the stadium sucked. And, and uh, you know, that, that distracted me. I just... Uh, what was the actual him. quote, though? Because I, I feel like that has been misinterpreted several times. That's since. Okay. That's we don't okay. need to relitigate. No, that, that's that. okay. Go ahead and misinterpret it. No, he basically said that maybe maybe there's a point in that uh, the place is old, that, that it's shabby, and that uh, and he did, I, I believe, mention that maybe there's not enough fans here. Um, of course, he was, you know, making I think eight million dollars or six million dollars at the time. Um, as one of the highest paid players in the league and uh, his salary alone at that point. And uh, well, yeah, him and out the doors were well, his salary <laughs> alone. And that was, uh, that was 17. That was 2017. The, I think his salary alone, I think the crew's whole payroll was like 6.3 million. And Michael Bradley is ripping yeah. on the fans here and he's making 6 million. So no, it's okay. It's okay to misinterpret that and kick him around a little bit. He's a, he's a big boy. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, Where uh, were you going with this? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> uh, well, it was just it was just in 2017 uh, that that mighty Toronto team that was assembled uh, with a, a a bunch of blank checks given to Tim Bezbachenko and spent very well. Um, that that was the greatest regular yeah. season and greatest season. They wound up rolling right to the title in MLS history, and uh, since um, their point total has been surpassed now three times. Uh, so. It was uh, the Red Bulls in, in, in 18 had 71 points. Um, uh, LAFC in 19 had 72. And, and uh, in 2021 here, we have uh, probably the greatest MLS yeah. team, at least they, <laughs> at least on paper. Um, and I'm not even talking about the roster, just what they've done. They've been a dominant, dominant team, much like that Toronto team was throughout the course of the season. Um, and uh, through it all, Bruce Arena, yeah. who's, who's older than Yoda, you know, is, is, uh, has, has crept up the ladder here, caught Ziggy and he's going to pass him. So kind of like the Nick Saban, uh, right. I guess. Yeah. Great. You know, greatest, greatest there is right in us soccer history coach. Yeah. I think that, yeah, that's fair enough. Right. Case. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're the one of more knowledge. No, I I, I know you like Ziggy. No, I'm just old. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Ziggy and, uh, uh, unlike yeah. Bruce Arena, he never got his crack with the national right. team. Um, um, but he did, right? They got to the... Uh, Bruce, no, no, I'm saying, Ziggy, I'm saying, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know that, but I'm saying like... Yeah. So 33, 33 games played, one more to go for New England. 73 points there, 22, 4, and 7. 65 goals for 40 against. Mm. And, you know, you can compare that to the crew. There are 41 goals for and 44 against. It's just... Uh, it's just they're undefeated at home and uh, 500 on the. Uh, excuse me, I'm looking. They're 12 and one and three at home and 10, 10 three and four on the road. 10 three and four on the road. Jacob is unbelievable. 34 points on the road. I, yeah. The last three almost, seasons, the crew yeah. hasn't gotten that many. <laughs> it's it's remarkable, and uh, they clinched they clinched the supporter shield like last week. You know, so uh, a tip of the cap to New England. That is the gold standard this year. Um, you know, they got back it up though. No, well, with two weeks off before the final game, you know they can use. 
I mean, they're in perfect position, Jacob, to to win it all. Yeah, I mean, they, they've clearly been the best team all year. The uh, the East has been remarkably inconsistent week to week. You have a Nashville team that is very, very difficult to beat, but also very, very difficult to lose to as well. I, I expect them to... Uh, I mean, they should have all the confidence in the world that they're going to run through the East, but you just never know with this single elimination format. Uh, With what you've said, though, they have very talented players in in Bo and Heal. Tejon Buchanan, I think, is a terrific player uh, with Canadian national team soon to go over to Belgium and play. Uh, Yeah, a lot of talent and, and credit to them for actually spending money. New England and Nashville are the only two teams in the East who have clinched playoff spots. Out West, uh, Kansas City with 58 points. Uh, Again, that's compared to New England's 73. Seattle, uh, uh, Kansas City and Seattle, 58 points apiece, um, uh, have clinched, as has Colorado. And then, um, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a good another good mashup there. There's uh, LAFC in ninth and Minnesota in eighth place. Um, are, are eyeing Salt Lake City in in uh, seventh and and LA in sixth, it maybe even fifth place Vancouver. Vancouver, it's, it's another tight race. Uh, November seventh is going to be fun, both in the east and the west. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And there's one more um, title clincher that we uh, have to mention is the the good old wooden spoon mm. uh, making its trip again down Interstate 71. Well, the wooden spoon, there you have it. That, I think, will do it for this program. We're talking about uh, silverware now that's not even silver. For Patrick Flaherty terrible. And, and Jacob <laughs> Myers and, and uh, Kyle Robertson, I'm, I'm Mike Ares. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you probably next week. Patrick, kick us out of here. 